128 to 127 is your final. The Jazz fall in New Orleans to the Pelicans tonight by one. It's your Jazz game night postgame show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations, serving our community while providing truly exceptional service. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. And Tim, I know the Jazz came up a point short in this one, but totally different feel for this team in the postgame after tonight's game as opposed to the other night against Milwaukee. Totally different feel and, and, and just progress, right? Um it was an opportunity tonight to get everybody out there playing together, uh, watching uh, the guys that you know the Jazz have acquired. Really nice to see uh, Conley and Bogdanovich play play so well. Um, but really, from the start, the Jazz just were they had a real purpose to how they played on both ends. Um, really impressed with the way they shared the ball. Uh, doesn't seem to be you know it seems to be a, a team that really likes each other. And they played well together tonight. Um, all five starters were in double digits. Jeff Green had 20 coming off the bench. Tony Bradley, um, we'll get into some of the fourth quarter action a little bit later on, but he was impressive once again. Um, uh, Jazz uh, led by Jeff Green's 20 tonight, but uh, Royce O'Neal had 16. Uh, Rudy put in 15. He was a perfect 5-5 five of five from the field. Donovan with 13. Bojan Bogdan, or Donovan with 10, excuse me, Mike Connolly with 13, Bojan Bogdanovich with 15. So nice kind of team effort for the Jazz, Tim, and we saw a lot of times where they really moved the ball well tonight. 37 assists uh, on 49 field goals. I mean, you have to absolutely love that as a coach. The other thing, you know, certainly with, with past history taken into account, the fact that they shot and they made 19 of 38 threes, 50%, um, and it's just – it's exactly kind of what we talked about and envisioned with five guys out on the floor that you have to respect and you have to account for. And that's what the Jazz can do on a nightly basis. All right, the Jazz fall by one in New Orleans to the Pelicans tonight, 128 to 127. Uh, For those network stations with us, we thank you for listening. We'll uh, cut you loose. Uh, For those of you sticking around with us, we'll continue to uh, break down as extended postgame coverage begins right around the corner right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz fall to the Pelicans in New Orleans, 128-127. Let's get to the sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. We mentioned Jeff Green led the way in scoring with 10 points coming in off the bench for the Jazz. Royce O'Neal with 16. Rudy Gobert and Bojan Bogdanovich with 15 apiece. Mike Conley, 13 to go along with 7 assists. Donovan Mitchell, 10 points to go along with 7 assists. Joe Ingles coming in off the bench had 8 assists. Assist, but the Jazz overall as a team, Tim, you mentioned it. 18 of, or excuse me, 19 of 38 from three, 50 percent, uh, 49 of 83 from the field. They shot 59 percent from the field tonight. Uh, New Orleans shot 51.7, but uh, I don't know how many games I can remember, Tim, where the Jazz shot 59 percent from the field and lost. Don't see that all that often, right? And this one's obviously a unique circumstance. You know, we were joking like, why did? Why did Coach Snyder take the team out, you know? But it's kind of what you do in preseason. But um, certainly some great signs offensively. Um, the thing that seemed really um, evident from the very beginning was the way 
there wasn't a lot of dribble. You know, the guys just moved the ball, moved the ball, and good things happen. And uh, that's really a good sign of a good team. As you mentioned before, 37 assists. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tim, eight from Joe, seven from Donovan, seven from Mike Conley. I mean, those are, are three guys that are going to have the ball in their hands a lot this year. Maybe it's a little bit of a sign of what we can expect with that spread floor we talked so much about. Yeah, in the first in the first five, six minutes, I mean, the one thing, kind of a note I made was just the amazing amount of multiple any, – anybody can come off a ball screen. Um, you know, they subbed Jeff Green into the game, and he, came, he brought the ball up the floor and, and initiated the offense coming off a ball screen. So – um, I think the ability to space the floor but then have multiple guys who can handle it come off ball screens, make decisions, and find the open man. Zion Williamson tonight, Tim. We haven't talked about him quite yet. 26 points, 9 of 12 from the field, 5 rebounds, an assist. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty darn good game for the rookie. The last two games, I guess he's 21 for 25 from the field. Um and uh, so uh, Coach Snyder made the comment early on that, you know, it's a process. You get in the NBA, it's a process for the, for the player, but it's also a process for the league figuring out how, uh, you know, the tendencies and figure out those tendencies. I promise you, uh, as the regular season nears, uh, there's going to be a lot of different ways to guard Zion um, and understand that his, the, the most damage he does is right at the rim. We mentioned the assist total with the Jazz. Uh, the assist feature proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. I think ball movement, Tim, is going to be something that we're going to be talking a lot about in a lot of these post games because it's just a, a, a different well, I don't want to say a different style than last year, but it's just going to be so much more open. And it was good to see Mike Conley have a good game, uh, Tim, because he didn't play so well against Milwaukee, and this is going to be a different style than what he was used to playing in in, uh, in Memphis. Right. His his uh, his game the other night, you know, as you expect, first time being out there, um, was and also just not being able to play a ton of minutes um, in the preseason. Uh, you expect maybe a, a down night, but but Mike had a great night tonight. And again, him and Bogdanovich are going to be huge keys for this team. And to see them play, uh, not just make shots, but assist and rebound and kind of make the extra pass. I mean, these guys are capable of doing all that. All right, 128-127 is your final. The Pelicans beat the Jazz. We'll continue to break this one down right around the corner right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz ball tonight in New Orleans, 128-127 to the Pelicans. Welcome on back. It's your Jazz game night post-game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Uh, let's get to your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Jazz actually outscore the Pelicans 56-54 to in the paint, which is a little bit of a surprise. Locke talked about this during the broadcast. Pelicans uh, have... You know, kind of the last couple of years, and granted, this is a totally different team. But Alvin Gentry, coach teams have gotten a lot of layups and a lot of points in the paint, and that's been a been a real strength. Uh, maybe with this new cast of characters, uh, Gentry uh, might be moving away from that a little bit. What do you think about the Pelicans outside of Zion and what they're trying to get done? Um, you know, their their roster is really interesting. Um, it, kind of as we talked about at halftime, I think that there's a couple of guys who are getting a second chance. You know, coming out of other situations. Uh, Ballhart and Ingram, 
um, that probably really benefit from from being in this type of situation. You got a guy like JJ Redick who instant offense and and, um, and it has some you know some certain veteran leadership. Uh, I thought Frank Jackson was really good tonight. Uh, local kid here from from Utah uh, had a nice night. Played twenty minutes, six for ten, two for four. Uh, ended up with 14 points, but I thought Frank played really well. So they've got some pieces. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, they have enough in the front court um, to, you know, to be able to guard the rim and keep people away from it. You followed uh, Frank for a long, long time because, of course, you recruited him to BYU and he was committed to BYU. What did you tell me, about a year and a half? Yeah. He was he was committed to uh, to you guys over there at, uh, at BYU. Did you know or when, I guess, when did you know he was an NBA guy? So someone, you know, somebody told me about him, and I went into the gym in the spring to go watch him play, uh, and I'll never forget it. I, w- I was sitting there watching him, and it was just like he was that much better than everybody in the gym. So I got up and got on got on the phone. I remember to this day, call, walked out and called Coach Rose, and I said, I think this kid, not only is he a pro, but I think he may be a one-and-done guy. Um, I mean, he was just – it was awesome. kind of a no-brainer, and – ended up being uh you know that so he's he's a great young man and and a great family and uh it's fun to see him do well it's too bad the rest of the country found out how good he was yes it would have been fun to keep him here in the state dadgum social media you how know about that thanks yeah. a lot twitter totally different <laughs> different if uh you know it was 20 years before but um he maintained a great relationship and uh got a, a ton of respect and love for frank Interesting, there's a, a few Duke guys on this Pelican team, and uh, you and I were chatting while we were watching the game a little bit about Brandon Ingram. And, and this is a guy I thought um, was really going to be a breakout player, and it seems like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for that. And he's somebody who's he's still just a string bean, Tim. He has not put on, put on that weight. He's still got that lanky kind of not pro, almost like – when Gordon Hayward first came into the NBA and was playing for the Jazz, and he just looked so thin out there, and he just—I uh, wonder when or if he's going to turn the corner. Yeah, and you know, in some not having much uh, background or don't know a whole lot about him, obviously know he's really talented, um, but that is what what you kind of look at. You say, and I know he's had some injuries and he's missed some time, um, but that's going to be a big part of his ability to stick and be really good in this league. He certainly capable of scoring but doing all the other things you know that takes a toll on your body and and that's one thing when you look at uh, at the jazz I, I think people are not talking enough about somebody like Bojan Bogdanovic who and I'm not, I'm not sure Tim if you had a chance to to stand next to him or get up close to him uh, but watching him play more closely he's a much better athlete as than he has gotten credit for over the years he 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 looks like he's in good shape you know if you worry about him taking some minutes there at the four he can body up against some guys. I don't know about Zion Williamson, but he'll be able to, to body up against some guys. I think he's a, a, a lot better of a of an overall athletic player than maybe uh, people have given him credit for throughout his young career. Everything I've heard about Boyan from, from people is that he is a, he's a really a pro's pro. Um, he understands the importance of, of all the things that come with being a good player, um, and he works on them, and I think you see that.
Well, in fact, let's uh, let's do this feature right now. Speaking of Bowie on Bogdanovich and uh, get you your master of the glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. They're back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Tonight's leader for the Utah Jazz in rebounding Bojan Bogdanovic with eight total boards, seven of which were uh, defensive. But that's one thing uh, we saw Derek Favors tonight for the Pelicans, Tim, but that's one of those concerns. Locke talks about it a lot. Uh, where or how are they going to make up for his rebounding? And tonight Bojan did a great job. He did a great job, and, and it's going to be probably a little bit more by committee. Uh, it's nice to see Ed Davis have 14 uh, minutes played and seven rebounds. I mean, those are the types of things you want to see from him. That's his big thing, rebounds uh, during a short period of time. That's That's been a strength through his career, and that, that will help certainly without Rudy. But I do get a tad bit concerned defensively with Ed Davis. Now, nobody is going to replace Rudy Gobert. I mean, that's just... You know, he's just the best defensive player in the league. But Derek Favors was was pretty nice coming in to spell Rudy. And Ed Davis defensively, not not quite where, where Faves was. He's just not the physical presence that Derek is. Um, I remember last year during the playoffs, you know, there were times where Rudy came out and, and Derek was basically just moving Capella around like he was nothing. I mean, Ed does not have that ability, um, but his ability to, you know, perhaps his quickness and his ability to get to balls um, may be a little different, but uh, hopefully as effective. Well, that's where, you know, Tony Bradley having a couple of nice games, and, and he was good in the fourth quarter again tonight, 10, 10 points and five boards. You know, can he help a little bit in that center position too? Can he really play his way onto the floor? And, you know, uh, it, he, he probably still has a ways to go, specifically defensively. But, man, does he look like a completely different player than he was last year. Yeah, I watched him really close in summer league um, because I know this is probably a real pivotal year for him. Um, and you and I were making the comment during the game. He, he does. He moves around with a little bit more confidence, and you can tell he feels good about himself. Uh, and he made some big-time plays down the stretch um, in a game that, uh, you know, he was out there for the, for the, for, for the final finale. So it's, uh, it's good to see Tony come around. Um, that depth behind Rudy is certainly going to be a question mark. He really worked on his body, you can tell. Oh, yeah. A lot stronger. Yeah, he probably doesn't eat Crown Burger like you and I. Man, that was good, though. That was good. Oh, that, that was much, much needed. All right, uh, your final, 128-127. The Jazz fall tonight in New Orleans to the Pelicans. We'll continue to break this one down. Coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz fall to the New Orleans Pelicans 128 127, but it was a game in which we saw the Jazz really what their rotation is likely to be nine, nine deep really uh, go for the first three quarters and then saw kind of the rest of the bench come in in the fourth. And what we did see out of the rotation guys, Tim, uh, was really, really good at times. And people uh, look at Joe Ingles' line and say only two points and 0 of 1 from three. He was one of three from the field. But Joe played terrific defense tonight and dished out eight assists to lead the way for the team. Yeah, it's just going to be 
this is going to be a season where you know it's going to be different guys every night, and they're going to have different roles. But it's a um, it, it, the chemistry is good, and the guys don't really they're not about who's getting what done. I think it's a matter of the team being the most important thing. Uh, and Joe's capable of, you know, the next night going for 30. And I think that's kind of what you'll see. Well, and I know we talked about this a little bit during the pregame show, but what I do you like the idea of Joe Ingles coming in off the bench, Royce O'Neal getting the start tonight, and there's been some kind of banter about that uh, around the offseason? Yeah, I don't, I don't like it nor dislike it. I think it's, uh, I think it's an interesting thing. I think tonight's interesting because he guarded, you know, Zion right out of the gate, and Royce did, and so you wonder if that was kind of the decision making behind it. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see um, it be something that they go to and you know start Joe some and maybe start Royce some, uh, you know, just something that we'll we'll kind of figure out as we go. Can you imagine Royce just bodying up on Zion a little bit before the tip and thinking to himself, "Good heavens, what am I? Gonna <laughs> this is going to be a night. <laughs> what am I going to do?" With well, the this? very first, the very first play, he took him right down on the block, you know, and Royce had to fight around him. Um, but that is not a guy you would want to tussle with for very long. No, but it does. It is a, a, a nod to Royce's um, you know, versatility, and I think that's what they really like about Royce is that he he's going to be able to guard four positions out there, and that's going to be really valuable. The Jazz, they're moving toward what we've talked about, a positionless um, offensively, a positionless defensive scheme where I think they can switch more things. Um, and and then on offense, obviously, just space the floor, uh, kind of let the ball make everybody help make the decision for everybody and just be really unselfish and move it. Uh, let's uh, check out your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three were very good, 19 of 38. Uh, they were led by Mike Conley, who was three of five. Bojan Bogdanovic, three of five. Royce O'Neal tonight, four of six from three. Uh, George Niang, two of four. Stanton Kidd, one of three. Jeff Green, uh, two of three. And then Mie Oni, one of one. Nigel Williams-Goss, one of one. But uh, I'll tell you what, if, if Royce, and not that he's going to go four of six every night from three, uh, that's certainly not possible. But, I mean, he, he could really play a major role on this team if he can legit be a threat from outside. Yeah, and, and the thing I love, too, is you look down those numbers, pretty much everybody's shooting numbers. Um, it, they Three for five, four for six, five for five, six for eight. Bottom line is they're taking the right shots. They're taking good shots. There's nobody out there trying to play outside the script um, and just fire off shots to get their own shots up. Uh, it's really... The fact that there's 37 assists on 49 field goals and those numbers, it's got to be a really good thing for the coaching staff to look at tonight. It seemed like a lot of those threes, especially the ones from the corner, you know, thinking of a couple from George Niang, Bojan in the first quarter, uh, were wide open, absolutely wide open. And one of the big storylines, Tim, going into this season was about how many open shots, and we talked to you about this a lot during the playoffs last year, how many open shots the Jazz offense has generated last year best in the league but was that because Quinn Snyder's game plan uh, was brilliant which there's probably some of that in there regardless but whether it was brilliant or teams just weren't guarding Ricky Rubio Jay Crowder Derek Favors and they had all the room in the world to shoot and 
not that we're going to answer that question tonight, but tonight it appeared like the ball movement in the offense generated a lot of open shots, specifically the corner three. Well, simply, in, in my mind, is to keep it really simple, it's a numbers game. And the Jazz, is the way they're playing right now, and, and a lot of the way they played last year, there's five guys on the perimeter. Um, Rudy's running up set ball screens and rolling. What is the defense going to do about the roll? Because if they sit on the roll, then there's going to be a wide open shot. And last year, um, to team's credit, they 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 said, "Hey, if it's Crowder or if it's Rubio, we're just gonna we're gonna sit on this roll. We're gonna take the roll away, and they're gonna make them make that shot." And the Jazz just didn't do it and couldn't do it. Um, they went out and made these changes, and you can't play the Jazz like that anymore. I mean, if you don't sit on the roll, Rudy's gonna dunk it. We saw that tonight. If you sit on the roll and leave a guy wide open in the corner. You know, they go 19 for 38. So it's exciting because this is this is Quinn Snyder basketball. This is what he does. He just creates numbers game. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be exciting. I almost forgot Donovan Mitchell had a couple of open looks from the corner. And, you know, not a coincidence based on what you're talking about there, Tim, that Rudy Gobert tonight was a perfect 5 for 5 from the field. You also like him being 5 of 7 at the line. But, you know, if you're going to have to play that role straight up, and you're not going to be able to cheat on it, Rudy's going to feast. And Gordon uh, and I were talking about this uh, on the big show today, kind of putting it in order of who we thought were going to be the highest scorers on the team. And I think Donovan Mitchell will lead the team in scoring. I think Mike Conley will be number two. But I had Rudy number three actually ahead of of Bojan, and I think it'll be neck and neck with those two, and we'll see. But I, I think Rudy is going to break his own dunk record this year, and I think he's going to have a lot more space, and I think we're going to see his, his points per game jump from 15 to 17, which if, if that happens and he's not on an all-star roster, I mean, somebody should be yeah, dismissed. Dismissed. You're dismissed. <laughs> uh, totally, totally agreed. I think that the, the space around Rudy, the skill around Rudy, the ability that guys, multiple guys have to make plays off the bounce, all things that we talked about in the very final show last year that Jazz needed to go out and find – I think they found it, um, and and that really bodes well for Rudy having a great year. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll get to some of those players who are uh, who played hard in the fourth quarter and are kind of scrapping to get a position on this team. We'll also get some final thoughts from uh, Tim Lacombe as we close the book on this one and uh, get you ready for only, Tim, two preseason games left next week, and then, man, we're – for real we're here it's yep. uh it's the regular season is is right around the corner so we'll get that and more coming up right around the corner 128 to 127 is your final the jazz fall to the new orleans pelicans right here on the jazz radio network Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. The Jazz fall tonight to the Pelicans, 128-127 in their third preseason game. They fall to 1-2 and two on the preseason. But uh, we did start out talking about this on the post, Tim. They're definitely a, a big-time different feeling after this one than, uh, than the Bucks. The Jazz played much, much better tonight. They played better because they had you know their pieces out there. Right. It's, it's hard when you're – and I talked about this in the, pre, in the pregame, but – the preseason is so difficult to for anybody to judge anything. I mean, as coaches, you're in practice. You know, you're practicing for all those days before you can play anybody. And if you score, it's because your defense in your mind is awful. And if you get a stop, your offense can't execute. Uh, so there's so many of those games going back and forth. And um, 
the Jazz have approached this preseason correctly. I think they're 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 kind of weak, working everybody in, and uh, they played great tonight. It was a it was a great effort, and the, and the attitude kind of from the very beginning was totally different. Well, let's talk about some of these guys who are, are battling not only to uh, to make it into the rotation, but really to make the team and some of the guys that we saw in the fourth quarter. First and foremost, uh, Tim, and we've talked about this a little bit, but Tody Bradley looked good again. Ten points, five boards, uh, five of seven from the field. You know, defensively probably has a little way to go, ways to go, but you've got to like uh, the energy and the production you're seeing from him. Uh, Nigel Williams-Goss, uh, eight minutes, three points, did have two assists to go with it, but uh, a guy that we've seen, uh, or actually a couple guys that have played pretty well, Tim, in the first two games that weren't as, as good tonight. Mie Oni, uh, one for one from the field for three points, but had a, a minus 17 in the plus minus, which is is rough. And William Howard, who's been kind of a sharpshooter in the first two games, he was 0 of 3, all three pointers, uh, all three shots, three pointers, did not score. What did you think about some of the guys we saw in the fourth quarter vying for some of that playing time? Um, you know, again, we, we talked about Bradley, and I love his progression. Um, you can tell that he has, you know, personally put a ton of work, but the staff's done a great job of uh, of getting him serious about his body and developing as a player. Um, uh, I really like Goss. I think Goss is a, a guy that, you know, just where he is right now is a guy who can come in and give you solid minutes. You know, I think he can run the team. I think he has an understanding of what's going on out there. Um, I'm a big Oni guy. I, I really like him. I think that he's a guy who has a almost kind of like a, a Royce O'Neal type future ahead of him. I think he's a guy that will really work and stick. Um, I had the opportunity. I came to a summer league game. I sat right next to his pop, uh, his oh, mom cool. and dad, and just by total chance, and got to talk to him. And his dad's a professor, and mom was great. It just comes from a really quality situation. I think that kid's going to be a really good player. Um, you know, so it's hard – for some to make any kind of determination in a five eight minute stretch, so it's just you kind of just keep watching them play, and their body work will kind of tell you what uh, what what the future holds for them. You and I talked about Nigel Williams Goss a little bit while watching the game off the air. This is uh, somebody you coached against while why he was at Gonzaga, but I really like his story. He gets picked in the second round by the Jazz, and the, I'm sure the Jazz liked what they saw of him in college. But John Stockton gave a little encouraging phone call to the front office, saying, "You know, I know this." guy really well and and give him a look and maybe not quite ready to compete for the roster is his rookie year he plays two years overseas I, I talked to him about this when I chatted with him during camp the Jazz kept a, a really close close tabs on him they talked to him a lot they came to his games they they didn't just kind of leave him out there in the wind even though he wasn't on the team they, they kept really close tabs on him and then you know he's he's gotten better over those couple of years he's gotten bigger a little bit more athletic maybe and, and the Jazz bring him back to camp again even though they were you know not obligated to do so in any way. I would think that that would be encouraging to him that that this organization really likes the progress that he has made. Yeah, I mean, really drafted him and and stayed in touch with him and sought him out, you know, to bring him back. Um, he's a winner. I, I will tell you that. I, I was telling you that we, uh, I mean, we pretty much had Gonzaga beat a couple of years his senior year in, in the Marriott Center, um, and he just made about five or six plays down the stretch to just win the game you know he's got a great will about him he's got a great competitive nature um and he he's uh he's a guy who i think again will be a solid uh guy that you can put in the game in those minutes so you've got to have somebody in there to help run the team 
Man, that was a really good Gonzaga team. That was the one that went to the finals, if I'm not wrong, right? It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we beat them uh we beat them at their place. Um and then they went to the final four. So that was a it was a that was a great team. You guys got Gonzaga a couple of times. Three straight years. How about that? Yeah. Which uh was that the year where, where the student newspaper had printed uh undefeated or something like that the day before it the was game? Actually, Do you remember what I'm talking about? No, it was actually the Gonzaga it was the paper, the In city Spokane? paper. Yeah. And we walked into the, the hotel the night before and there were some copies that were hanging around, so we grabbed them took them in and showed our guys hey this game apparently is over um and uh you know you try to get those little tactics and that one worked but those guys about goss too great friends with coach few and his staff and i mean they could they could not say enough good about him as a player as a person so it'll be interesting to to see kind of how this back part of the roster shapes up. But one thing about tonight, we did see more. Uh, we we saw a lot of the rotation guys who basically played uh, all three quarters. And as we kind of wind this down, Tim, give me a couple of thoughts. What what really stood out to you while while watching this new rotation of jazz players throughout most of this one? I just think you're looking for um, you know the th- the cues I look for. These, do the guys look like they understand you know, what the coaches want? Absolutely, yes. Um, everybody seemed to try to play within the system and play for each other, which is huge. Um, I think you know, defensively, Quinn talked about the last game, them not being as sharp defensively. I think they shored some things up there. Obviously, keeping guys out of the paint is a huge issue, uh, particularly when Rudy's not there uh, in the game to kind of to thwart those attacks at the rim. But, but overall, I think it's, it's one of those nights where the Jazz played really well. They played together. Nobody got hurt. Um, and I think they grew as a team. Anything to be concerned about defensively? This didn't seem, and maybe it's preseason and, and they're working their way into it, but this didn't seem like you were typical Utah Jazz defense. Tonight. Yeah, again, if you just look down the numbers of minutes, right, and your, your vets are playing, they're kind of in, they're kind of out. So I think in, at times they played really good defense, but uh, subbing and playing a lot of guys, you're going to lose a b- little bit of that intensity and rhythm. Uh, certainly something that I'm sure Quinn will talk about and address, but I have zero concern that defense is going to be a huge issue. I think you touched on the one thing, and uh, when Rudy's not in the game and you don't have Derek Favors anymore, that's one of the question marks is how how will they manage that situation. But they have so much more firepower offensively that defensively I think you know they could even slip a little and be okay. What do you think we're going to see these final two games in the preseason from the Jazz? More of kind of what we saw tonight where two, three quarters of your regular rotation guys, or are we going to see it slowly inching up into kind of a dress rehearsal uh, for next Wednesday's game against Portland? I wouldn't be surprised if, if maybe they make a couple of tweaks um, and maybe start a little different for the next game, but I would imagine the minutes will probably run pretty similar to what we saw tonight. I wouldn't imagine anybody getting any more minutes than what they got tonight. All right, the Jazz led tonight by Jeff Green, who had 20 points coming in off the bench off 8 of 9 shooting. How about that? He was uh, red hot. Royce O'Neal was in the starting lineup tonight. He had 16 for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert, Bojan Bogdanovich with 15 apiece. Mike Conley with 13. Donovan Mitchell with 10. Tony Bradley had 10 points coming off the bench as well. Uh, any final thoughts, Tim, before we put this baby to bed? I just think as as a Jazz, you know, somebody that be able to watch this team, I think everybody should be really excited about the product they're going to be able to put on the floor. All the things that um, everybody kind of hoped for in terms of being able to shoot the ball, 
uh, a bunch of guys that understand and pretty cerebral. That's what they've got, and, and it looks to be like this. This could be a really fun season to watch. One twenty-eight to one twenty-seven is your final. The Jazz fall in New Orleans to the Pelicans. Uh, next broadcast will be Monday. The Jazz will be at home to take on the Sacramento Kings. That game will tip off at seven o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on the Jazz Radio Network begins at six. We want to say a big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone for their fine work today. Thanks to all the broadcast assistants. Thanks to Adrian Lizer, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to you, Tim Lacombe. This was. Yo, Adrian. Never heard that before. Yeah, he hadn't either. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk to you on Monday right here on the Jazz Radio Network.